Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live yeah. on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao, in India, Namaste, in Japan, Konnichiwa, in Korea, Annyeonghaseyo, in Russia, Zrastutsye, in Germany, Guten Tag, in Poland, in France, bonjour, in Spain, hola, in Italy, ciao, in Egypt, in Ghana, Akwaba, in Nigeria, Peleo, in South Africa, Taubona, in Senegal, Langadet, in Kenya, Jambo, in Israel, Shalom, in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all.
Welcome, welcome, welcome each and every one of you here to our Saturday show. We are so excited. We have two amazing gifts today. Yes, indeedy. And I want to give thanks to our CEO, Sister Naima Latif, who is the engineer and everything that you can think of. And a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. We were we're just encouraging her to continue on. Uh, having such programs like this as a female solution, allowing us to come aboard and to be able to, as my show is called, walk in the authority, because we need places where uh, we can network and shine and show the presence of the of the creator that is within us. And uh, we are so happy that you have come to be with us today. Uh, I'm Mama Joy, and today our first, we're going to have a double hitter. We're going to have a double hitter. Uh, today with uh, Kishanda, CEO of the Teacher Furs Entrepreneur Academy in Rockford, Illinois, taking the first part, and she is now in Tennessee with her daughter, who is a cheerleader in uh, Tennessee, and I'm so happy that you took time to be with us today. Uh, and, and the second half, we're going to have Dr. Robert. Renterio from the Barrio, and uh, we're just really just full of excitement and really honored to have these two with us today. And we're going to talk about our children, our community, and, and this nation and the state that we are in. And I tell you, solution, we're part of the solution and part of the process, and we just want the world to know it. So put your hands together and welcome Sister Kishanda. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Well, I tell you, last night we were with um, Brother Henry, and now today we're here with you, and I'm just so honored because you've done something that has never been done in the state of Illinois, and we want you to, in your own way, tell us about this great place that's called Kickerfer Academy, Entrepreneur Academy. Uh, yes, ma'am. So, my husband and I founded Teacher Academy. Um, 
Uh, my husband and I founded Kika Brothers Academy. Uh, so we are a black-owned private school here in Rockford, Illinois. Um, so when you say first in Illinois, um, we were the first in Rockford, at least, um, to be a private, a black-owned private school recognized by Illinois State Board of Education. And so what that means is that all of our T's are crossed, all of our I's are dotted. Uh, so we have students that can graduate and go on to college anywhere, right? We get a lot of times we get people like, so are you a school? Like, what does that mean? Yes, we're a school. We are an official, legitimate educational institution. Um, I guess first in Illinois would be we're the first and only black-owned entrepreneurial school, right? So we're not just giving our students common core, right? They can read, they can write, they can count, they can think critically, uh, but we're also giving our students the tools and the resources that they need to become entrepreneurs as young people. So all of our students have to become um, published authors, right? So that's the first business, and that's the business that we give them, and then we give them um, concepts and ideas and just give them the freedom and the space to be entrepreneurs. And so they all have to publish a book every year, and they all have to become entrepreneurs. They all have to start a business, open a business, and make money from that business. So not just the concept or the theory of being a business owner, but actually going out, selling a product, providing a service, and generating income or, as we know, revenue from that business. And so that's who we are. We're Kinkin' for the Academy, and um, I'm really excited. And our, uh, and- and not, don't forget to mention that you are also uh, accepted and you're a part of the board, Illinois Board of Education certified. So your children are qualified to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So our school is recognized with Illinois State Board of Education. So we can we graduate students. We had our first high school graduate uh, last June. Um, and then our second graduation is coming up this year. So we're really excited for um our next high school graduate, and we're, and we're excited to keep graduating those high school students, um, that to keep producing these young entrepreneurs and sending them out into the world to go uh, be the best person that they can be. I tell you, sending them out to the world, sending them out to the world, independent, able to do for themselves, and to not fear the world uh, because uh, they have been prepared quite well for it. Can you give us a uh, just a little tap of, because uh, we are, we are waiting, and just the, that's just the idea. We're going to first concentrate on the, on, the, on the vision and how you came about creating this kind of a school. Because you are, you and your uh, spouse, you all have been business partners for, for some time. So how did you get into that, in that school? How did, how did this come about? Um, so my husband and I wanted to find a better, I guess, education for our own daughter. Um, And so we were already kind of in the mindset and in the space of um, just finding alternative education for our own child. Um, And I had a conversation with someone in my area, and she shared with me a curriculum that she was using. And uh, when I went and I did some research and I looked into the particular curriculum, um, I found that one, it, it's a curriculum that we work for my own child. So we, my husband and I homeschooled our daughter until she was about six, and then we put her in a private school. So we had to put her in private school. She had to start at kindergarten, but she was she was ready for second grade by the time we put her in private school. <laughs> uh, but because of schedules and work and all that, we had to put her in school. We couldn't continue to homeschool. 
So I knew that from homeschooling my daughter from zero to six, I knew that you, when you're teaching children, like you start off with the alphabet, the numbers, and the colors, right? We all have kind of pre K stuff, like all of us can do that, right? But when they get to a certain point, right, what, what does your second grader do in math? What should a second grader be learning in math? What should a third grader be doing in science? What should a fifth grader be doing in social studies? That information I didn't know, which was part of the reason we also put her in private school because I needed to be able to say that I'm giving her the best education I'm providing her everything that she needs as she continues to grow. Mm. So when I found this curriculum, I found that this curriculum took out the guesswork for me um, as an educator, right, with my own child. So I don't have to know what she should be doing in third grade math or what she should be doing in fifth grade science or what she should be doing in eighth grade English. I don't have to know that information. Right? So you bought into the curriculum. And, and at the same time, my husband and I, kind of been in conversation and just talking about um, just having a school in our city, right, because the education and the institution in our city in Rockford is so bad, right, especially and specifically for black children. But it's just bad, period, but especially for black children, right? Mm-hmm. As we say, everybody else has a common code. If the education is a common code for everybody else, for black children in Rockford, it's like pneumonia, right? It's really bad. And so... My husband and I are very um, community-oriented, right? So we didn't just want to keep this awesome curriculum to ourselves. We didn't just want to have our own daughter in this bubble, and we continue to feel her and grow her. We wanted to share this opportunity with as many young black children as we could in our area because they all could benefit from it. And the only way to do that was to start a school. So, I mean, the, the biggest the biggest obstacle or hump to overcome as a, as a school is to find a curriculum that you're going to utilize. Once we found the curriculum, I mean, that was the uphill battle. From there, it's just been downhill, right? So we found a curriculum, and we decided to start a school in um, June of 2019. And in September of 2019, the doors opened. Wow, what a story. So you know what? As, as you were talking, that's why I love talking with you, because I can follow you so easily in terms of looking at life and looking at the process of organic growing. And it seems, and I think that's something that most mothers, if you want to do that, you can, that can be done. And you remind me so much of when I started with my community. And I started out with the idea of protecting my children. And I said, I don't know these people. And so what do I do? Form a block club. It wasn't about a block club just just for the a lot of people, but it was spirit of give, spirit of giving to me to start something to protect my children, and in the process educating them, and that and that's how I grew. And when I heard you say that, I said, "Wait a minute, that that is really unique." And when you think about it, that first education had to come from somebody. And all you needed was to have a a frame or a structure by which to gauge where you were with your daughter in compliance with the educational institution. Exactly. You just needed you just needed that chart to see where you are on point with what they're asking of our children, and then you found yourself putting your daughter in kindergarten on the second grade level. 
<laughs> but once we found the curriculum um, and we decided to start a school, of course, my husband and I were already entrepreneurs at that point, right? So we had already opened a beauty supply store. We were in the retail mm-hmm. business. And um, an entrepreneur, even, even a school, is a business, right? And so we kind of had to look at it from a business standpoint. Once we found the curriculum, okay, now we have to put on our business hat. And how do we run this business? And we wanted to find ways to set our business apart from other businesses, right? So what makes this private school different from any other private school, right? Because people have to pay for private school. So what's going to make someone pay for private school? Well, in our community, it's the only black-owned private school that's recognized by Illinois State Board of Education. But in our community, that's not enough. It's not enough to just be a black-owned institution. So what can we do? What can we provide our students with that's going to set us apart from the country? I've never heard of a, a, an institution um, on this level. I've heard people I've heard people talk about, oh, they want to buy into something to teach a, a cohort for a semester. But we're talking about immersing young people as young as three and four years old in um, the idea of being entrepreneurs. Like, it, it being an entrepreneur is, 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 is part of our fabric, right? You can't. You can't be a part of Kikabert Academy as a student or as an adult and not be woven into the fabric of being an entrepreneur. And so that's one of the things that set us apart from other institutions. Um, and the other thing that set us apart is that we want our students to become published authors, right? So at the time, my husband had just, um, we had started a publishing company and he had just published his first book. And, um, we're like, man, this process to publish a book, it, it was difficult, <laughs> but now that I know how to do it, now I can help teach somebody else how to do it. So why not start to teach our children how to publish books and then make them publish authors? So in the beginning, we found a curriculum, and then we just started to build on that, right? So we have a curriculum, let's teach our students entrepreneur skills. We have a curriculum in entrepreneur skills, let's teach them how to be published authors. We have a curriculum in entrepreneur skills, and we teach them how to be published authors. Now, let's help deal with what do you call it that a lot uh, I guess their mentality, right? Their mental, right? So we're not just in the in the business of giving your children common core, but we're in the business of educating the whole child, right? Because we saw from COVID nineteen that COVID nineteen had a had a severe negative impact on our educational system across the country. So coming out of COVID nineteen, how do we deal with that for our students who came to us out of COVID-19 that were first graders, this was their first time entering school. So, yes, they had the capacity to read and count and learn as, as a first grader, but they didn't have the social skills that you would want them to have coming into first grade because they missed it because they spent the pandemic doing this, right? Absolutely. Wonderful. Good observation. Right. You know that that doesn't work. Like, this does not work for a five-year-old. This doesn't work for any child. But it definitely does not work for a kindergarten students. So, and our students who were second and third grade who spent a year in school, and then they had to leave school because of the pandemic and spend a year, a year and a half on camera, they came back into school. Wow. And they needed some more additional just love and help and assistance with dealing with whatever that did to their psyche and how that how how do they handle that mentally as an as an eight year old? How do you handle Having to not be able to interact with other children and not be able to feel love your teacher and and love your 
your classmates. That's that's a difficult thing to do. Like that's where they get social interaction from, and to be isolated from that, have to do that over camera was really tough on all of our children. So we when we came into leaving the pandemic, wanting to continue to educate the entire child. So let me get this timeline straight. You started with Keith Tickerfer Entrepreneur School just before the pandemic, right? Oh, yes, ma'am. We started in 19, the pandemic hit in March of 2020. So you were just one year old. And then we, were, we weren't even a year. We started in September of 2020, and we didn't finish that year. So we we went virtual in March of 2020. That's the same month Lation came, on March 2020. We were affected by that, just like all the March other. March the 13th. I can remember that date. March the 13th. Oh, what a challenge. What a challenge. Wow. That's amazing. As we continue, I'm going to ask uh, Sharam uh, uh, to, to put, have that news feed uh of introducing you all to the community and friend let me know when he's ready with that. Oh, you are ready. Excuse me. <laughs> it's all yours. We can't hear it. It's not doing anything yet. It's not playing yet. You can play it now. But you know what? Until, well, Oh, Naima. I set it up, but she's not Okay. All righty. So what I'll do is we'll, we'll just continue the conversation while I get Naima to uh, to put it on there for us. Uh, this is uh, this is really amazing because the Academy is inspiring kids to dream big and helping them by giving the tools to create the dreams of success. Ari Bruckman joins us now. Ari, you joined the owners on a tour of the new location, right? Alexis, keep. Cooper's Entrepreneurial Academy owners believe this school will help create a bright future for boys and girls in Rockford. Being the only and the first black-owned private school on the west side of Rockford that's recognized by the Illinois State Board of Education. Christopher Entrepreneurial Academy held the celebration at their new home on Taylor Street in Rockford. The Academy is located in a new building that's estimated to be over $1 million. Co-owner Henry McDavid tells me accomplishing this is part of a larger plan. Can you just imagine what it would look like when the dope dealer comes to the young crowd in the street with an offer of doing something illegal? The crowd says, I don't need your money. I have a home business. I have a home book. I'm on tour. That is the academy is a private school for students K through 12. Every student is required to start a small business that generates revenue and publish a minimum of one book a year. 11-year-old Samaya McDavid is publishing her first book. My book is about a
For a link to enroll your son or daughter, find this article on MyStateLine.com. Alexis? All right. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Just looking at that right now, tell me, what, what are your feelings in being here today? That was um, that was three years ago, almost, maybe almost four years ago. That like that's blowing my mind because um, I don't I don't I kind of remember that, but wow, that was three years ago. And um, it's it's interesting that he said we want to produce our first six figure earner. We had um, a young man. We had our first high school graduate. I think he made I want to say he made about twenty thousand dollars in about three months. So. We gave him, we had a guest speaker come in that was talking about, I believe something with Bitcoin. I don't, don't, don't quote me, but uh, we had a guest speaker that came in and talked to our students about uh, their entrepreneur endeavors and what they're doing on their journey and brought their expertise as an entrepreneur to our students. And then one of our students gravitated to that and utilized it to make money for himself. He didn't make six figures, but he made mm-hmm. between twenty and $25,000 in about three months. So that was an awesome, awesome thing to see is having a young man that took something that he learned at our school and be able to utilize it in real time and, and make um, money from it, right? He, he had receipts, right, for those of us that's on uh, Facebook with Cat Williams. He had receipts. So he knew. We knew that he made this money that he was that he said that he made. So that was uh, an awesome experience to have with that young man. Well, hey, I, I just feel like if I had room, I would just start dancing for you right now. <laughs> I feel because with our program here, the Female Solution, having a couple together, a black couple together, who was a father and a mother, actually trusting and having that kind of faith to walk out on in a, without a path, without a trail, without anything, trusting that you were doing it. And now you had the news, you know, news, and now now you're in Tennessee with your daughter. Uh, you know, because you're still nurturing her uh, and those things that she enjoy. So you're 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 mama in two different spots. Your mama at the school and your mama at home, and and for some reason you're able to put all that together. That is quite a job because now you're supporting your daughter in Tennessee. She loves to cheerlead. Well, that may not be your thing, but but you're there being a mama saying, "Hey, go for it," you know. And 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 tell me that that requires quite a bit of. I know. Maybe I should ask you: Is that stressful, or is it joy? How do you describe bringing all these things together to make it work? Um, I just had a. I just was at a brunch on New Year's Day uh, with family and friends, and as part of the brunch, everybody had to go around and talk about what they were thankful for. And one of the things that I talked about that I was thankful for was the opportunity to teach and be an educator at Kikaburg Academy, um, because I know that my daughter's brilliant. Right, I already know this, mm-hmm. and I was sharing with my husband that uh, somebody else was sharing with me that I should start flexing on that, as they as, as they say. Like as a as a parent, I should be proud of how brilliant and how intelligent how intelligent she is. But what's been so profound for me in the last six months to a year was children, other people's children, become and grow into the brilliance that I've been able to instill in my own child. So to be able to pull out that brilliance in somebody else's child who doesn't spend 24 hours a day with me, right? I'm not away in Tennessee on on trips with their children, but there's something about 
what I'm able to pull out of children that brings out the absolute best in them, in, in, in their academics, right? We're, we're bringing out scholars in these children, and that's been an awesome experience to see because my daughter is almost three grades ahead, right? She's supposed to be in eighth grade. She's almost a junior in high school. But to see somebody else's child who's now one becoming two grades ahead, and I'll, I only see them eight hours a day, and sometimes I don't even see them every day, right, because I may not be in school. But to see the brilliance come out of other people's children, children, I keep saying children, to see the brilliance come out of other people's children. That's your, an- that's your ancestors coming through you. That's all that is. Yeah, that's <laughs> children, right? A children, they'll children. All these children around me. <laughs> all these children, I'm able to terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. 
Beata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Today we have on our walking authority, Mama Kishanda of the Kickifers, the Entrepreneur Academy, walking in her divine authority, trusting in what she believed to be the answer for her community children, started a school, trusting in how her child was uh, taught at home. And so she said, I just can't keep this to myself. <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. So, you know, I'm going to take this because I'm looking at how you dress. And I said, you know, you're, you're that kind of mom that when you know you're, yourself, you know who you are. You're going to be who you are and be comfortable with you. And so when I first saw you, and I started looking at you, and when you were describing what you did in Rockford, and it's a sad story about that Rockford situation is because I understand it's the third lowest in the country for education, and that is really bad. And I was on a program yesterday evening with uh, uh, your husband was a part of that. Uh, yesterday, and I didn't even know that this was back-to-back, so this was a surprise to me. But um, one of the gentlemen said that Baltimore, in Baltimore, to just show you that the situation that you have there and in Rockford is not an isolated situation. Baltimore, the city of Baltimore, when they took their test, they could not find not one student, not one student on grade level in the whole city of Baltimore, Maryland. One student or one black student? No, just one student. It's not a situation anymore, whereas um, 
it's the black student anymore or the brown student. Because saying that you in universal order, it takes time for things to come around. But when you mistreat one and you keep mistreating and you keep injustices and all these other kinds of things just going on and, and, and want it all for yourself, you find that what you have been putting on someone else is coming in back of you and taking on your offspring. So now Baltimore cannot even boast one student who is on grade level. So, oh, is it? It says, I think it was Aretha Franklin would say, rescue me. <laughs> but I'm putting it, I'm putting it in sort of light because I, I want to be, I, I want to be as true to you and in interviewing you as I see you as you are. And when you were describing me for uh, what you were doing, all I saw was Tupac and his his uh, horn, Rose in the Concrete. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, just give me an opportunity. I'm going to read it for you. Oh, I don't know. I had it written down here. It's not here. Oh, golly. Let me see if I can put it up on my phone. The Rose in the Concrete. I was getting asking Sharon to do this for me, but just one second. The Rose in the Concrete by um, Tupac. And his, his, his poem goes like this. Um, you plant something in the concrete. You know what I mean. If it grow and if the rose petal got all kinds of scratches and marks, you're going to say, damn, look at all the scratches and marks on the rose that grew from concrete. You're going to be like that? A rose grew from the concrete? Same thing with me. Y'all mean? I grew out of all of this. Instead of saying, damn, he did this, he did this, just be like, damn, he grew out of that. He came out of that. That's what they should say. You know what I mean? All the trouble to survive and good out and get out of the dirty and the nasty. You know what I mean? Unbelievable lifestyle they gave me. I'm just to make something. And when no one ever cared, the rose grew from concrete, keeping all the dreams, proving nature's law wrong. It learned how to walk without having feet. It came from the concrete. I'm just giving a portion. Yeah, I'm following as you read it. Because I see you as that rose coming out of the concrete of a dilemma of situations. See you coming out with with scars that are not even evident. And some of them are deep. But they'll never be seen unless you speak on it. Because that's part of the struggle. You had a dream. And what you're doing is seeing others, and the, but the potential of being that rose coming out that concrete. And each one of those children, Mother Cassandra, Keyshandra, Keyshandra, I see you been multiplying, and and that is what we're doing. We're not baby kids. 
that don't die. We, we, <laughs> we multiply. And I, I think that your entire world works with works with me because I know I I I I had to be that. Many times I would I would just dress like that simply because I had to stay close to what I felt could I could I could be, you know, and be true. So tell me about this this Tupac because you said, Oh, he's 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 my my you know, my favorite poet. And and I never learned of him until after his assassination. And then uh, years later, I after my son sat me down and had me to listen to Snoop Dogg and Gangsta Heaven and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, I said, you know, I don't listen to all this cussing. I don't want to have that to do. And my son pushed me down and said, Mama, I want you to hear it. And that's something that we as adults, many of us need to do, and that is listen to what these young people are saying to us and what they're saying so they will understand that their rose is coming out of concrete, scarred and marred and defamed. And rather than to look at where they come from and, and saying it's garbage, just take a look at them and hear what they were saying. And after a while I listened and I didn't hear the cussing anymore. I heard the hearts of them, and I realized, wow, how do you get here? And see, you are, you're much younger than I am, so you're closer to that. So you hear it. And you did something about it. You did something about it. You and your husband did. Because I look at Tupac now as one of the, one of the prophets. But he, but he could only be what he was. Even with that relationship and how he plays in, in some ways of inspiring you. Um, so the one song that really inspired me that Tupac, um, wrote was his Dear Mama song. Yeah. Oh. Um, so there's a line in there that I always reference, uh, and I reference it when, um, whenever I want to thank someone or show someone some appreciation and I want to do it in my own way. Uh, and he says, there's no way I can pay you back, but my plan is to show you that I understand you are appreciated. And I mean, that's just... That one lyric or that one verse has kind of been my way of uh, expressing gratitude to people, especially along this journey with the school, because as a school, um, our our gross domestic product isn't we're not we're not selling a tangible product that people can exchange money for. We spend a lot of time asking for donations. We're five hundred one c three. And we spend a lot of time asking people to donate to our institution, asking parents to pay for their child's education. But, I mean, even, even as a parent, unless you see the value in, in education for your child, you know, what, what does it really mean to give money for somebody to educate your child? So we spend a lot of time asking people to give to our institution, but we're not necessarily giving anything back. We're, we're educating children, but we're not giving anything tangible, right? So you can buy a cell phone, and you can see the tangible cell phone that you buy, right? I give you money, you give me a cell phone. You give me money, I educate your child. You as an individual, Joy, you donate to the school. You don't necessarily see the direct benefits of the education that we're providing for that child. So when people All the protection. All the protection. 
Mm. Exactly. But when people donate to the school, the best way that I can, I mean, obviously saying thank you is saying thank you. But literally there's no way I can pay you back. I can't give you this money back. But my plan is to show you that I understand, right? I understand why you donated. You are appreciated. And that that's when you when I talk about Tupac being my favorite poet, that is my favorite line. That's just, when he said that, I mean, that's been with me my entire life. And it carries over into our school. And when people make a donation to our school and when people pour into our children, even if it's not a financial donation, if you pour into our school with your time, with your love, with your energy, there's no way I can pay you back. For someone to come in and give our children the understanding of how to be an entrepreneur, if you can teach our child, if you can teach our students how to invest in real estate, I can't pay you back, right? There's no way I can pay you back if you give our students an understanding of how to invest in real estate. So would they understand at 10 years old and 11 years old and 12 years old, and by the time they're 18, 19, 20, they have this deep, profound understanding of investing in real estate. That's a skill that I can't give them. But if you come and pour that into our, our children, there's no way. Oh, literally, I can't pay you back for that. But I understand and appreciate what you're pouring into our children. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about my love for Tupac, it is my love for him that he had for his mother and his appreciation for his mother and that there's no way he could pay her back for all the love that he poured into her or all the love that she poured into him as a young man growing up. Mm-hmm. But his plan is to show her that he understands and let her know you are appreciated. That's all I can do is tell you that I appreciate it. And believe me, all of those people mm-hmm. out there that's watching that want to donate to Keeper for the Academy, <laughs> I, I can't pay you back. But I, I understand why you're pouring into because you value education, and I appreciate it. Well, hey, you know what? Believe it or not, those are the three words that I, I took from that. I appreciate, I understand, and I'll make a plan. And that was part of the words, and I have that written down because that struck me. But I discovered this morning that in that he said this. He said, and I finally realized you see him growing into a maturity. I got a question on the board, so I'm going to ask you that. But the question, but he finally, he said, I finally realized. I understand. You know, he said, even though you were a dope fiend, you were still my black queen. Mm-hmm. Cause you were doing the best that you could, so there was a maturity. Black queen, mama. Yeah, I got. You. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I think that, and I, and I, I did a show on that, and uh, and that's the whole thing about he he was he was a person of forgiveness. He forgave his mom. He began to understand the challenges that women have raising children, being a single mother. And now my question here is going to tie into this, being a, a, a woman, being a mother, being an entrepreneur, being a businesswoman, being uh, an advocate for the community and for, and, and for uh, economic justice, educational justice, how do you work together with your husband as a couple leading the school while keeping a relationship intact because so many start together 
and then they go to different ways and start repeating the same thing. What does it take to, in the relationship to, to make this work and keep you guys together in this? Well, I can tell you that what keeps us together in our relationship um, is not necessarily working in the school, but it's how our relationship started and, and, and how our relationship and the foundation of our relationship, and that's putting God first. Right, so my husband and I, I don't know, you know how people say I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I don't know if I'm religious, but um, I'm spiritual, right? So I believe in something and somebody that's bigger than me, right? I didn't create myself. I am not my creator. And so my husband and I are always giving thanks and praise to our creator. Right? So our creator is the head of our household. Our creator comes first in every decision that we make and how we move and how we operate in business and, and how we operate as husband and wife. And as long as we continue to give praise to our creator hmm. and thank God for just giving us life and we operate and we move in a way that would be um, pleased by our creator, then everything else kind of falls into place. So it's easy to work with my spouse. It's easy to work with my husband because I understand that God puts him as the head of our household, right? So as as a wife, it's my responsibility to um, – how do I this without saying focus? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to say well, – I'm trying to say it's my duty and my job to um, – be a good wife and a good mother of my household. And that carries over into business. So I'm not going to, you, you know, you're not going to see me disrespect my husband in public, right? You're not going to see me going off on my husband and cursing <laughs> my husband out in, in, in school mm-hmm. just because we work together in, mm-hmm. in school. You're not going to see me do that because I respect him as a man and the head of our household because I respect the position that God put him in. And so we're able to work together as husband and wife because of our relationship, not necessarily with each other, but our individual relationship with our creator and our relationship with one another with our creator. That's true. When you go back home and you stay in that relationship, and it's like whatever it is that he did wrong that you're not in agreement with, you go home and you say, we got to straighten this out. (laughs) We got to work it out. But you don't work it out in the public. You don't work it out in the public. No, you don't. You work it out the same way. The same way our creator would ask us to work out any problem in our relationship. So just because we're business partners doesn't mean we agree on everything. I, I think that we should do this. I think that our students should be more accountable in this way. Uh, I think that you're being too hard on the students. You know, like whatever the conversation may be, um, we handle it the way that we would, um, whether we were in business or whether we we're just simply handling something that comes up in our relationship as husband and wife. We handle our issues and concerns and hear and hear one another out and we listen to one another. Like those are things that that um, you look for in a marriage. So it doesn't matter that we work in business together. Um, what matters is that you have conversations and you respect one another's opinions and you respect one another's thoughts in the conversation the same way you would if it was in business or if, or if you were um, – not in business together. So I think that my husband and I, again, are able to work together in, as a couple and keep our relationship intact because it doesn't matter if we're in business. It, 
that doesn't matter. What matters is the vows that we took and our relationship, again, as individuals with our creator and together as the two become one. If my husband ever sees this, he's had this little joke <laughs> lately about the two becoming one. As, we, as the two become one with our creator, that's what, that's what drives us. That's what keeps our relationship intact in business or not. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and uh, and wishing you luck with your daughter uh, competition today. And uh, this has been wonderful. I hope you feel feeling good because I am. <laughs> and thank you so much. I appreciate the documentary that you all are putting together for our school and our students. And I'm really excited about just continuing this journey uh, that you all have given us an opportunity to be a part of. I'm going to check to see if uh, Sharon has put the other video up so we can hear uh, some of the voices from your, your students. That It was two, two or three in particular. Uh, do you have that clip ready, Sharon? Okay, all righty. So uh, this is actually if Naima is able to do it. Uh, it's one with the young lady. She was saying that she was scattered, scattered, scattered brain. Oh, yeah, there she goes right there. Thank you. There's a lot of video of my Yeah, daughter. it is. That's your daughter? Yes. No, I didn't know that. It's two of them, her and the next one, it's, and, and then we can cut it. But that would be great. I really like your case part because you can go ahead of your grade. Let's say you're in second grade, you can be in fourth grade, even though you're in second grade at the school, and you normally can't do that with other schools. Even though you're ahead of your grade, you're still with your other peers. Paying attention is like biggest roadblock. When I was writing my first book, I wasn't interested in it. It didn't give me that drive to want to write it. It took me a minute, and I had to talk to my friends before I actually wrote the book because they had to give me that that reason to write it. If I don't have a fun enough reason, I'm not going to do it. That's why I can't work at a nine to five because I'm going to get fired at the first day. To be honest, I'm probably, if I work at Starbucks, I'm probably going to be the type of person to use the whip cream and just <laughs> inside of my body. But that's why I love speaking for so much is because they have those elections, all of these little things in the side of the day to keep me entertained. To keep my mind on my work, I have the will to want to do the homework. I have ADHD, it's hard for me to focus, but they never helped. They say they was going to help me. They say they was going to give me extra steps to help me out, make sure I focus, but it never happened. You're not going to make it anywhere if someone's not there to help you. And that's what I've seen with Kiki first, the best, because they dare to help you go back to work. You're there to help. That's what we're on. Thank you. Thank you. Mama Naima, thank you so much. And this has been really great. And so I'm so grateful. So as we come to the top of the hour, is there any words that you would like to to leave with us, Uh, contact information, uh, phone numbers, so that you... Can I type or do you all have to type for me? Oh no! You can type. You want to can I type in the chat? Yeah, I type in the chat. Type in the yeah, chat. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna type a link to um, so people can have an opportunity to donate to our school. So I think it's show chat. I think is what I need to do, right? Now you know what I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, put, 
I'm going to put a link in our chat, and if you guys could just share it with everybody, uh, that's our adopt a student link. So this link is where you can go to um, donate to our school and adopt a student. And what's beautiful about our adopt a student program is that we said that all of our students have to become published authors, and all of our students are entrepreneurs. So you can go to our website, you can adopt a student. Um, we'll um, give you an opportunity to be able to stay in contact with that student and see what they're doing, see how that student is growing in their academics. You'll be able to publish that student's book. Uh, so you'll be able to kind of keep keep an eye on the students that you adopt. Uh, so for all of you watchers and visitors out there, uh, please go to adoptastudentka.org and adoptastudentka.org. And um, for those of you that even if you don't donate, if, if, it's a, if it's on your heart and on your mind, there's no way I can pay you back, but my plan is to show you that I understand continuing to educate these babies, and we appreciate you. Well, it's not, it's not a personal thing, but you are paying the nation back. You are supplying all the roses, the beautiful people that this country needs, our community needs to improve it. This is what we need. This bringing us back to a healthy state of mind, well, in a healthy state, because this was not even available for me when I was a child. So I thank you. You're already on the road to giving one of the best gifts ever, and that is education and children who, who are at risk and giving them a chance, tap into those divine gifts of power that they have and emancipate, set them free so that we can be a better people. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're going to, all right, we're going to go to our commercials now, and then when we come back, you will see and hear Dr. Robert Rateria from the Barrio, okay, and he has a curriculum of faith as well as academics, and who knows, we might be able to hook you two together to keep this ball rolling and increasing it. So take care. Walk in your authority. God bless you, and hope to talk with you again very soon, Kishami. So now we go to our commercials now here on the Female Solution. Please let your comments come in. If you need the number, 515-605-9325 or 731. Five one nine two seven two seven seven three one five one nine two or five one five six zero five nine three two five. Now commercials. Thank you. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, Religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything. Let's see if I can get a picture here. Can you get a picture of him in poster? Can you do that? Oh. 
Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. Hello. I'm hoping that this works. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Female Solution here. And this is Mama Joyce speaking to you, and thank you for being here with us as we learn to walk in our authority and showcase those individuals who are doing so. And so, you know, our first half was with um, Mama Kishonda, 
And so that was a really great episode. And, again, we're going to continue focusing on our children, education, and what it is that we can do to make this world better. And so I want to introduce to you right now Dr. Robert Venturia from the barrio to the Good afternoon. (laughs) Now, we're not able to get a visual. Thank you so very much. We're not able to get a visual because he is, he's, well, here in Illinois, we had a snowstorm, so we weren't able to get the stream yard on. So we're so very thankful that we were able to use some part of the technology. So we're hoping that you will be able to hear him. Uh, Robert, uh, Dr. Robert Venterio, Venterio, I'm going to be trying to get all of these things together, is an amazing uh, gentleman uh, who is based, he's written this book. And, again, he's written a book that is about his life. And there's a correlation, and it wasn't planned to be this way, but he's written a book, and he honest himself is because of his experiences in life as a chosen one. He's went through many trials, many life-threatening and ways that his life could have been taken, but he's been spared because he feels, and I believe he's been chosen, as we all are for this day and time, to be able to bring what he calls a climate of calm. In spite of all the things that's going on around us and the violence, this young man here has written this book, which you see, Robert Renteria, and it's told to him by Corey, it's told to Corey Michael Blake. And he's going to speak to us about his experience and what he's proposing to do and what we can do to bring about this climate of calm, which we all are in need of some peace at this day and time. And I'm grateful, grateful to him. And so I would like for Dr. Robert Renteria to come forth and to introduce himself to us and let us know of his mission and, believe it or not, even the curriculum that is so powerful based upon his book and his life experiences to be able to teach us a better way of life and a more peaceful way of life. Dr. Renteria, thank you so much for coming on today with us. Thank you, Mama Jeff, for having me today. Really, really happy that you invited me in. Well, okay. Can, can you, you hear me? Us? I, yeah, I can hear you now. I, it, went, it went kind of, it went kind of a little dead. Well, I want you to uh, tell us because you're not from Chicago. You started in uh, Los Angeles. Right. And I was born in, in 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 the barrio of East Los Angeles, and I'll just give you the Reader's Digest version of of my life story. I I grew up in poverty. My my father was a heroin addict and alcoholic. And uh, my mother had to work two, three jobs just to make sure that we did not become part of a system because my father left when I was three years old. And the only legacy he left us was a pile of bills and a bunch of empty bottles of booze in the trash can. When I was six, I had a terrible accident. I almost died. I had to go to 
school for the physically disabled and the mentally challenged because I could not walk, talk, or read or write at that time. So after three years, I made a recovery. My mother remarries, and the nightmare starts all over again because she marries an abusive drunk, and he's a beat up on, on me and, and also my mother, many times leaving her bloody and battered, and I'll come back to that uh, a little bit later. So I was looking for love in all the wrong places, so I found another dysfunctional family called Gangs. And I started running and gunning, stealing and dealing. I dropped out of school. Uh, my father, my biological father, dies when I'm 17 in a halfway house on Skid Row. He died homeless, heroin addict, and alcoholic. So mm-hmm. what I decided to do was to resolve to make better life choices because I was either going to end up dead or in prison doing 25 to life. I joined the military. And the military was the best decision of my life because not only it changed my life, but it saved my life. And not only made me a man, Mama Drug, but it made me a better man. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot, of, a lot of things that the military taught me, like duty, honor, country. But it also taught me a, a word called character. Because character mm-hmm. is not just doing what's right when somebody's watching you. It's doing the right thing when nobody's watching you. So mm-hmm. after I honorably served our country as an all-commissioned officer for over seven years, I thought I was ready to be a leader and a man. I went back home to Los Angeles after traveling all over the world. And then I ran into the same guys that were there when I left. Some of them got mm-hmm. smoke and dusted in gang violence and drug violence, and others are doing hard time in the federal penitentiary doing 25 to life. And, you know, they called me a punk and a sour because I wouldn't run, run with these guys anymore. So I had to leave again, and I came to Chicago in 1990 with $200 in a duffel bag. And all I could afford mm-hmm. to eat back then was RV sandwiches, five or five, if you remember those. And and, and uh, I got I got a job in the commercial laundry mat industry, uh, selling laundry equipment to the coin-operated laundries. And I worked there for five years, and I got recruited. And I later became vice president of a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. So after I claimed the ladder of corporate America for six years, I started my own business. And after three years... My company became the number one distribution company in the United States, and I thought I had everything I wanted because as a child, I slept on a smelly mattress on a concrete floor in a musty basement where at nighttime you hear the sounds of mousetraps popping. They had been a house on a pond, and I used to walk everywhere, ride a bike or take a bus. I had a head of Mercedes-Benz, and I share that with you not to impress you but to empower anyone listening because I learned that the two greatest days in my life are the day you're born and the day you realize why you're born. And I was spiritually moved to write my first book because we have some serious problems. When our children have to learn how to dodge a bullet before they learn how to read, we have a problem. And there's wow. children and teenagers and adults walking around lost in a culture of darkness, and I wanted to do something about it, Mama Joy. So at the top of my game, I pivoted, and I released my first book called From the Barrio to the Boardroom. Hmm. And... Although that book has my name on it, Robert Renteria, it's not really the Robert Renteria story. And what I mean by that is that it's actually everybody's story. People yes. that come from hard place, places make a lot of sacrifices, yes. work yes. hard. But in the yes. end, we do whatever we have to do legally to come out clean on the other side. So the book's about hope and dreams and guts and desire. And yes, you can if you believe. So in 2008, that book came out, Mama Joy, and then I got a call from Chicago Public Schools. And they wanted to teach the book. So we made a deal where I had them create a curriculum off-duty hours because I wanted to pay them and I wanted to own it so I could donate that curriculum to schools across the country and around the world. 
So after about a year and a half, the curriculum was crafted for middle schools and high school kids addressing critical thinking, uh, especially now in this time in age of what's going on with the schools. It's needed now more than ever, but we donate that curriculum. We send it electronically. So, so after the first year and then having the curriculum that was created, I, I got a call from a group called RFB&D, Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic, and they wanted to turn my book into a CD to help kids that are visually impaired have reading disabilities, and they launched it nationally, and it impacts over 236,000 kids around the United States, and all of this is happening within the first year and a half. And then, and then uh, kids are telling me they're reading my book to their parents, Latino kids, and I said, well, don't your parents read? They said they don't read English. So we translated the book into Spanish, and then the churches got oh. a hold of me. And the churches say, hey, we see the kids in the hood with your book, but we can't get them to church. We want to use your book as a hook to get kids in the Bible study to lead them to Christ so our kids can see the promised land, I was told. So they created and crafted a faith-inspired curriculum around the book, a spiritual mm. base. And, yeah. and uh, I own that one as well, and we donate that to the ministries. So we work with ministries across the country now in different parts of the world. Um, so I'm working with kids. In adults, but my focus was on kids, say, middle school and up. And I wasn't getting it till the elementary school kids because the book from the barrio to the boardroom, it's, it's at a higher reading level than, they say, the elementary school. So I had an idea to craft a graphic novel called Me Barrio. We brought the book to life. And mm-hmm. when, that book was born, when that book was born in 2011, that book became the number one book in Latin America, Spain, and the United States of America addressing youth issues. It was the number one book. What? Now, yeah. So now we're working with kids third grade and people older than us, and I wanted to round it off, and I went back to the drawing board and we released an activity coloring book called Little Barrio. So now we have that's for pre-K, K one and two. Me Barrio's third grade and up, and from the barrio to the boardroom is middle school, and all the way up, like I said, older than us. So the books are now after 18 years. I self-funded in building this program, the curriculum, the books in English and Spanish in digital format, and then having to learn how to speak in public, starting off talking to 10 kids, picking their nose now to over 10,000 people in a stadium. But we've invested in the future of our children's education and their safety well over $400,000 to build this program, to be able to bring something that's culturally relevant to kids, assess our hard work, determination, and education. Lord, wow, 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 wow! I am, I'm, I'm. I don't want to hold my breath. But if you're saying that your book was number one across the, the graphic board. novel, yes, yeah, it was featured. It was featured in 65 major airports around the United States as well. Airports. Yeah. Around the world, I tell mm-hmm. you, you know, it's amazing, and and you are having challenges right now and I am really I'm am not only impressed but I'm I'm motivated because I'm looking in your books sir and your curriculum are being used in middle schools, high schools, I'll just read this colleges, universities, probation, counselors, offices, social service, juvenile detention centers, jails, prisons, homeless shelters, battered women's shelters substance abuse programs, churches, corporations, and a multi, uh, uh, multiple of youth and after-school programs. 
And with all of this, Dr. Uh, Renteria, it 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 it's, it's so quiet. You've been, you have changed. What? Why is it that all of this which you have done and are doing is still so quiet? It, it, this is something that more should know, and not only that, but be able to connect with all of these in, uh, entities here that have been uh, touched by your book, touched by your curriculum. And put them together so that we could just be one. I love this term you say, birth. Your book is birth, and so your book is is to give birth. And we birth and we connect. So I'm looking and seeing just how you came to me is, is, is an amazing thing. And I really am encouraged, just like the young lady that spoke uh, on the first half of the program. There is a universal force that is working with us now. Is that okay for us to say it? Because we need something bigger outside of ourselves to make this work. And your book is is part of a cornerstone, I would say, of the rebirth of of of, of society. I would like to believe that coming to us. Your your book has impacted on children in the big, uh, middle school. And those who miss middle school in some way they're winding up in juvenile detention, giving them a, a, a feeling of, 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 how would you say, not salvation is not the word, but salutable, you know, uh, worthy and valuable, you know. And then the jail system and the prisons, this is where the homeless dwell, battered women's shelters. That wasn't available to me. So we have many children, we can't even impart what, it, how important it is for us to learn how to protect our women, our mothers, and the children that they bore in the ignorance and the lack of protection that they have. It, it's, it, this book is phenomenal. And I, one of the things that, and I started with your uh, book reading it, was the act, the, when it got, <laughs> I had to stop, honestly, because I, I couldn't believe that you were actually here, and I had to think about it, and it was an accident. Can you describe for that what it was? Because you had an accident, and you bled literally for 20 minutes before even help could come to you. And Yeah, that was a freak accident. Uh, I was at a carnival with my aunts and uncles and cousins. They had taken us over there. Um, and uh, I got on a ride called the Octopus, and what happened was when the ride ended, everybody was getting out, but for some reason they said I went back in because I must have lost something. So when I came out, they had started the ride and swung around and hit me on the right side of my head, and it threw me some 50 feet in the air, hitting the ground with a bone protruding through my head. I had a compound fracture, and it was blood everywhere. I was lying in a pool of blood, and people were running and screaming and fainting, and it was pandemonium, basically, and it took approximately 20 minutes for the ambulance to get me and rush me to a hospital, which the first hospital is not equipped to take care of the the damages that had been done, and they took me to a second hospital. And by chance of a miracle, there was a doctor there performing brain surgery on someone, and they rushed him in, and they had the surgery. I fell into a coma. And then when I came out of the coma, I remember looking up and I was in a barrage of tubes and wires, but standing above me was my mother. 
And then she said at the time that, you know, she knew God would not take away her only son. So she mm. stayed with me the whole time praying to God. And um, so after being in the hospital for a few months, they sent me to a school for the physically disabled and mentally challenged to go through rehabilitation. But after three long years, I walked out of that school tall and strong and on my own. And I remember yeah. as we're walking out, she said, uh, my mother said to me, she goes, quitting's not an option for you. And I said, why is that? She goes, because you're Latinos and Latinos don't quit no matter what, she told me. <laughs> so that that seed that she put into my head stayed with me as I went along and I, I got into corporate America or even when I went to start my own business and helped other businesses all over the state of Illinois and the country. Like you may not be aware of this, but all the spring cycle laundromats you see in Illinois and all the bubble land laundromats, that mm-hmm. was me. I'm the one what? who built them. I sold the equipment for them. And I, I, I created dozens and dozens of businesses for people and jobs for people in the communities. So that's wow. what I used to do before I became an author, now a messenger for God, is I was in the laundromat business. So I wow. appreciate very much what Tashanda was talking about, creating entrepreneurs, because mm-hmm. they've taken away... They've taken away those skills from the schools. Most schools don't yes, teach the trades they anymore. So trade schools, that's right. That's right. right. And I want to so, go back to you. When you, when you describe happiness, happiness was about victory. Because I, I'm, I'm looking at – that was another part of the page that I, I've, I've got blue all over your book, okay? i got I got blue all – I'm highlighting all over your book. And happiness, you come out of there, and happiness was about victory. You – well, victorious, and this is your mom there with you. And you said, we had done what they said could not be done. The medical world, world had written you off, but you yeah. overcame this. And um, because they told your mother so many things, and yet even with your mother's struggle, the point is she did not, she stayed in that space of knowing you're not going anyplace. You... <laughs> You yeah, cannot she, go. You're my only the power, of, you the power of prayer and her will and b- belief in God pulled me out because the doctors mm-hmm. had told my mother during the surgery that I would probably not fully recover. And if I did, they should consider me putting me into an institution uh, because I would never be normal again. And my mother wasn't having any of that medicine from them. Having their medicine, I tell you, that's the power of a mother's love. The power mm-hmm. of a mother's love and a mother's prayer is is, is, is is amazing, and you're evidence of it. So you, I'm speaking to a miracle. And if anyone has any questions or comments that they would like to uh, give, please note it. If you're looking from Facebook, enter your comments in so that we can uh, respond to that. Uh, to Dr. Venteria, who is with us today, we're not able to see his face on StreamYard because of a snowstorm that we're having here in Illinois, and he was not able to do that. But we're happy to have your voice here, and uh, and I'm I'm very, very appreciative of your willingness to come and back with us, which we had a picture of you to put on, on it. We didn't have enough time to do that. So um, we're going to move right along. And, and I, I, what gets me is that you qualified after such a horrific, head injury that you qualified 
for the military uh, and were able to serve. How, how, how was that done? Well, I had a full recovery. Um, it took several years, like I said, being in the school and then getting all my motor skills back. But to your point, the doctors had told my mother and myself years later when I got a clean bill of health that it was one in a million, that it was, like you said, it was a miracle. God had other plans for me. God had other so, plans. And you're, mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, so, and that is, but, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead, Mama Joy, please. Okay, you know, uh, you spoke about your grandfather in the beginning, and then you turned right back around and started about your father saying, uh, this is, this, uh, this is um, in Spanish it is given to him, uh, but it should mean show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Right, and, and that, uh, that's exactly what he used to tell me all the time as a kid. You have to make sure that uh, you are, excuse me, I'm trying to get this, I apologize for that. Uh, make sure you're willing to live with the choices that you make. And to me, what it is is that you've had some terrible run-ins and you've had some abandonment, but you're not blaming anyone. And I'm wondering, what is the spirit that you have? Because after suffering so much with that and then going through the games and, and, and abuse, how did you how did you relieve yourself of blaming or shame or any of the well, kinds of things that keep people locked up and, and unable to come out of those those lives of bondage and uh, games and, and whatever? What was it that freed you and to make you think that you could that the world was yours or whatever whatever the vision was that you had? Well, my mother had, my mother had taught me that there are no victims, only those who refuse to make a choice, and not to be, you know, pointing fingers and blaming other people when things don't go right. And you know, life is tough, and you know, I've had a lot of things go wrong for me, and I've, you know, I, I've lost money and you know, making bad deals, and you know, but you know, no, it's risk versus reward, right? You got, you got to challenge yourself. And that's why I wanted to write these books to challenge these kids and teach these kids and, and, and adults that gangbanging and violence is not a lifestyle but a death style, and the ultimate weapon is not a loaded gun but an educated mind. Mm-hmm. And I want to mentor these young boys and men to never put their hands on a woman, never, no matter what, because these women are not just beautiful and smart, Mama Joy, but it's because women are the greatest gifts that God ever created in this lifetime. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm teaching these kids. We, you know, we got our books into 28 Illinois State Prison Libraries so I could help with the recidivism to get these guys and girls motivated to get out and stay out and become assets to society versus a liability, right? So I'm, we're, in, we're in the prison systems. Last year, I met with Jesse White before he retired, and he launched the books into, a, I think it was like 150 libraries across the state. So, you know, the, 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 the thing that the challenge I would say that I'm facing here is with certain groups is that if you fix the problem, people lose their jobs. And then you're dealing with unions, contracts, and paychecks, so you'd rather put, they'd rather put Band-Aids on bullet wounds and call it a good day, which is why when I received the Ambassador of Peace Award recently from the United Peace Federation yes. and the Women's Federation for World Peace and ACLC churches, to, to be able to be blessed to be participate 
with you and the ACLC so we can go out there together and create a culture of calm, right? A culture and of calm, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, you can't be part of the solution unless you're part of the process. So people have to get involved. So I'm involved now like you and others that, you know, we mutually know and others that we'll meet together going forward in the journey is to change the narrative. And, 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 yeah. and let's bring some normality back to the world. I mean, COVID forever will change the world. It's never going to be the same. And our kids are never going to be the same. Unless we do something that's going to help make them go in a different direction. Did you, did you know that 30, 31% of all eighth graders across the U.S. can barely read at the grade level? Only 31%? And only 24% of eighth graders across the U.S. can do mathematics at the grade level. We have a failing system. A, fa- a, fa- a system that has failed. 31%, you can't pass with a 31%. It's 70%. No. But you don't even mention your grade. That's a D. And, you know, uh, one of the schools, one of the things was, I'm, I'm going to be a going for, for commercial, but I'm going to ask Naima if she can, or Sharon, to uh, put that uh, video on so people can see and hear how you were received when your book was used at a school, uh, Hernandez Elementary School, uh, and how these children were taught. And the teachers taught your book at the school. Yes. And it's an amazing sight to see how these young people responded to you. It was like you were a rock star. <laughs> Some people say, if you were in my time with Walt Disney, say, oh, my God, Mickey Mouse. I mean, it was just Rocket, 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 rocket high. They were just so happy to see you, and I and and it connected. And so I I just want those who are on the block talk to hear this video, hear your message, and hear the joy and the enthusiasm of the children who had read your book. Teachers had, um, you know, uh, gotten this book for them, and so that they can do it. And this was at the Irene C. Hernandez Middle School. Here they are screaming as you are entering the room with your cap on. You are a man in black. <laughs> and giving them high fives for those of you who, who are uh, not seeing this, he's walking down the aisle and the kids are up in their seats and he's giving five high fives to the left and the right side of the uh, aisles and, and I see some of them still trying to reach him. Oh gosh, look at here. He's going to let one of the kids put his hat on one day. Oh, did you give that kid your hat? Oh my gosh. The girl. <laughs> okay, he's going to the stage now. For those of you on Black Talk Radio, this is amazing. Can we get more volume? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. 
I love you too. And this is was uh, the welcoming that uh, our guest here, Dr. Robert Ontario, had at the Irene C. Hernandez School. And right now we're going to go into our commercial and come right back. And then I want to hear from you, Dr. Robert. Tell me how you felt on that day. And so we'll go through our commercials and we'll be right back in hearing him as he impacted on our young people. Thank you so much. What a what a great share. So it's uh this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that means great news. That means you can sell your product Thank you so much, CEO Naima Latif, for your engineering and your love and keeping this program flowing on the Female Solution. I'm Mama Joy, here today on Walk in Your Authority with Dr. Robert Venturia, from the author of the book, From the Barrio to the Boardroom. And so he's been sharing with us his story, his experience, and how the book that he wrote through the help and the assistance of the uh, Chicago Public School System, who were so impressed with the book and was able to see how that book could make a difference to the climate that he calls the climate of comment, climate 
a calm and a climate which would diffuse the violence that is erupting in every school, just about every school in our nation, in the communities. And so back out from our commercial. And so let's look into this and see what it is that you want us to do and how do you figure working this strategy out. Because I'm on board with you. And um, it's generational. This curriculum uh, uh, that you have, you have two kinds of uh, curriculums, one that is focused on academics and one that is of of faith. And that uh, operation on faith is a curriculum that can be used in any faith base. You know, uh, right now, that word faith, Based is also found in our police districts here in Chicago. We have faith-based initiatives in our police departments, and many of them, uh, they have prayer and work through the community. So I'm wondering, even with this book, how they can, too, uh, look at your book, and your book, to me, confirms, when they're receptive of your book, it's, it's like a confirmation to me that that we are connecting. It is a very vital connecting piece to assure us that we're on the right track and to be that piece that encourages us. As you said here, you too can chase the American dream. Not the American dream that our parents had, but an American a dream that can encompass in, in, in everybody, most men, women, children, Black, white, and don't even look at the colors because we're all one family. We're all part of the human family. So how can we chase this American dream? And what is the difference between this American dream that you're offering us through this barrio to the boardroom that is different from the American dream of when I was a child and you were a child? Because it is well, a different American dream. Yeah, I mean... I mean the kids are reacting to the books the way they are because they're living the life today that we lived back then. So it's actually their story too. So the book is giving them hope and it's teaching them that the greater the struggle, the greater the victory, their pain, pain, our pain is not in vain. So it's teaching them as Dr. Martin Luther King said, how to make a way out of no way. So, and if the dream is big enough, the odds don't even matter. So for me, I've never measured a person's success by the size of their pocketbook, right? There's a lot of people who are plumbers, electricians, maybe they could be uh, whatever it is that their field that they've chosen to go into, you know, it could be academics, it, it, it could be a business, but as long as they're happy and they've got a, a well-rounded family base that they can lean on, because there's nothing more important in this lifetime than family. So the book teaches you how to protect it and respect it and not abuse the privilege. So the, the way that I see this unraveling to really create that culture of calm we're talking about and build communities, we have to collaborate together, right? It, it's not a me thing. It's a we thing. We, we have to unite because united we stand, divided we will fall. And this, this effort that we make is not about blue states or red states, but rather about the United States of America, one nation under God. These books yeah. teach kids to love, to love each other. And take care of each other, because that's how the foundation of this world was built. And I believe if we build on that foundation, Mama Joy, then we could be a champion of this place here in Chicago that we call home to take care of our families, our neighbors, our community, our great city, and then beyond. So 
as an example now with all the stuff that's happening in Chicago, you know, Mayor Brandon Johnson should implement this program as, as an anti-violence prevention program. It's already used across the country. It's in 25 other countries around the world. So we are scaling because we're partnering with a lot of different groups. What yeah. I want to do, Mama Joy, with you and the other clergy is this anti-violence coalition to go out there and lift our kids up so they too can spread their wings and fly like the angels God intended them to be. If we bring God back to schools, we are going to change the narrative because the schools have taken God out of the classroom. They've taken the yeah. flag out of the classroom, which is, yeah. you know, duty, honor, country, patriotism out of the classroom, and they replace it with poison. They're trying to control our kids, and we need to teach tools that are culturally relevant that will help them to think and understand that there's consequences. So if there's anyone yeah. listening or anybody that we know collectively, let's build our own army because it's not, the system isn't going to fix it for us. We're going to have to fix it because the system is broken. So I believe that the churches and, and, and uh, a program like this, I can tell you that, it, it, and it's not just for Latino kids, mind you. I mean, when they had the riots in Ferguson, Missouri, you may or may not know this, but they brought me into Ferguson to talk to the kids about breaking the racial divide. And, and with, no. I, had the same re, I had the same reaction in Ferguson that we had here in Chicago. And when the superintendent and the principal said, wow, the way they reacted to you and you're not black. And I said, listen, they don't know they're black either. Kids don't know color. Kids know love. And that's why Come I said we have to love each other and Come take, a, take a page out of their book. It's love that's, that's going to conquer all things. That's it. And, and, and that's the key. It's from the, in the older, the, the color consciousness. That's not the reality. We're all a part of God's garden. As a minister told me, a pastor, she says, we're all a part of God's garden. And, 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 and we are being nurtured and nourished, not just with God as our father, but with God as our mother, too. And that's where our values come from, both sides, knowing that God is both our mother and our father, so we can edify both girls and boys into understanding that we all have a piece of this divine authority, and we walk in that to be, as you say, an army of peace, army of love, an army of encouragement, a smile. Every day we can do something to make a difference. And you have you know, this note here around your book. You say, never be afraid to take the shot because the two greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you realize why you were born. And you're making yourself, you say, I'm proud to lead by example and tell you that I've closed my business and taken a blind leap of faith to serve a higher purpose. I am now the founder of Chairman of the Board of from the Barrio Foundation, walk with me. And this, this is not a foundation that somebody else puts you in, but this is a foundation that you created. You created. And, and, and can you tell us more about this foundation and who, how we can be supportive of it, where it is, and is it, is it one, and how far widespread is it? Well, thank you. You know, our, the foundation has multiple partners, right? That, like I said, we, we, we work with across the country. And, and, you know, they can find us at uh, fromthebarrio.com website. That's fromthebarrio, B as in boy, A-R-R-I-O.com. They can also contact me directly. And I'll give you that number. It's 
5619. And I would say that what I've witnessed in the last 18 years is it's helping kids with their character. It's teaching them pride, accomplishment, and self-esteem. It's, 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 it's moving people in the right direction, right? So the foundation is it's, it's being used more as an anti-violence prevention program, but it's also not just for kids, it's for adults. And, and you know, I, there's just multiple groups who are grabbing this as a, as a teaching tool, right, to, to help kids and adults, as I said before, to find a way and make a way out of no way. So, so you can contact us. I'd be happy to collaborate with you. The foundation itself is located here in Illinois. But as I mentioned, we have partners across the United States. I work as an ambassador also for the World Boxing Council, the WBC, and they are now in 170, 171 countries around the world. So Barrio, the Barrio Books is on the table with the WBC to be the official book for the WBC worldwide, and that's on the table for 2024. So... At the end of the day, it's not about my story. It's our story. It's the kid's story. And so these are culturally relevant teaching tools for the kids. See, traditional learning teaches um, quantitative. It's like pre- and post-surveys. And, and, and that data collection, how is it working for you? We have a failing system. We're more about qualitative, right? The body of work that's created. You know, I, I, that speech that you saw a little while ago with the kids, on that day, I had a little girl come up to me, and she says, Mr. Venturia, I loved your book. And I said, thank you. She goes, I wanted you to know I was going to kill myself until I read your book. That little girl now graduated high school and is on her way to college. Save a life. <laughs> so Save I believe, I believe mm-hmm. that God has put his hands on this, and I've, I've witnessed in my own life, because God saved my life, that God is saving souls in Barrio Books, in the program itself, are saving lives in real time. You know, I tell you, you know, um, I'm really hearing you and saving lives, and not to mention stabilizing lives, through stabilizing their minds, giving them hope, giving them purpose, you know. Putting prayer back into the church, back, back in the schools, is very important because there is a separation of church and state. But church is not the spirit of life. You have school spirit. We need to be able to appeal to the government that we understand and accept the separation of church and state or religion and in, 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 in the schools. But there is no separation of the spirit of humanity. The spirit of life is in everything. And appealing on the spirit of life and the presence of of, 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 of this power that we know exists, that there should be put in place prayer which is which all can accept because we need it, because the presence is there. And if we cannot put prayer back into the school, there's no protection for our children. So how we word this, how we promote it is very important. We cannot sit still until we do that one thing. That's to me, it's foundational. Prayer has to go back into the school. Love, the spirit of love has to be put there. The love, of, the spirit of peace must be put back in there. The spirit of of of, of that dream and and of that that whatever it is that you feel you purpose that God has purposed you to achieve, that you can do it. That you can do it. You know, 
And uh, I love what you're saying that, you know, it's time for us to take a stand and draw. You say, no, your stand. Each one of us have a responsibility. And you say today, right now, it, it is the time for you to take a stand and draw your own deep line in the sand. Make the choice and the decision that this is your time and that you're not going to take no for an answer. And the day that you were born is when your time begins. And when you leave this planet and your body's planted back into the earth or whatever your choice of, of how you want your body to pose up, that is the end of your time. But we must do something because the spirit goes on, the, the, fight, the fight goes on, or I should say not the fight, but the challenge goes on for us to bring and make this climate a climate of peace, a climate of love, a climate of peace, of, what is it, harmony and unity. We must unite for the peace for this world. Hello. Do you have any thoughts? I, I just love this, and I'm so grateful. You, 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 you came on, and you could have said, hey, look, I'm not going to be seen. You came on on a line, even though you weren't able to be visible, but you came, and I appreciate that so very much. You have no idea how I appreciate that because your message is vital to this nation. It's vital to all of us here in this, this country. You know how precious you are to us. So well, what part of you have for us? I, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that from your lips to God's ears, Mama Joy, that we can change the landscape for our youth across America, starting right here, right now in Chicago. And I, I, I challenge people to get involved. I welcome the, you know, a call to sit down and break bread, meet any place, any time, so that we can help make sure that we're not burying more babies. You know, they're talking about all these deaths that are happening in Chicago, and they call it, they're, they're addressing it as numbers. These are not numbers. These are little boys and girls who are not going to be there for Valentine's Day or for Easter. They're not going to graduate. They're not going to go to prom. There won't be no kids sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table, and there won't be kids opening presents next year for Christmas. So we have to unite so we can make sure that we build a better future and a safe street for our children. I say this every sermon I end. We're not birthing children to bury them. We have more children coming into the church for the first time in coffins than that's being baptized. That should not be the case. That should not be the case. I want to thank you so very much as we close out today. Thank you for being our guest today, Dr. Renteria, advocate promoter of peace, ambassador of peace here in Chicago and this nation. And I'm just grateful for the book, From the Barrio to the Boardroom, as we close out. Thank you. Join with Mama Joy again, Second Saturday. Walk your authority. Dr. Renterio, you are in your divine authority. And we want to thank you for that. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. As we close out, join us again. Naima, we can close out. If you want to take a commercial, that is We've come to the end of our show today. 
but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.